0: chapter 8, part 2. Okay, so I told you I would spend the entire time on this one point. That point is in my book number 5, not letting them be a victim to their addiction or condition during treatment. So why was this so important? Well, I've got a lot to say about this. I hope I will make sense of it and not just ramble endlessly on it. But victimhood is essentially the opposite of success, in my opinion. Everybody can be the victim of something, right? I'm not going to pretend that my life as an American is the same as somebody's life in a country, let's say that's experiencing a war or that's going through tremendous hardships or anything like that, so I understand that there's a difference there. However, everybody experiences trauma and despair in certain ways. People get killed. People, people's families die. People are robbed. They're hurt in an accident. They are shot. They are, uh, they have a disease. All these different things happen. My, My mother died of cancer at a very young age when I was 21 years old. I could use that and say, oh, I lost my mom so early. Uh, poor me, you know, I you you all get to live with a mom and I, she never met her grandchildren and this is why I have issues or whatever. There's things that any of us can use that was happened that happened to us as a reason why we are not doing what we could be doing an excuse. When you go to war and you have your legs blown off and you come back, that's a tragic story. And people will feel sorry for you. They'll feel for you. They may even donate. They may even sponsor your foundation. Right? They may become involved because they, they want to help you. But nothing is going to make you walk again. Except yourself. You have to get up and do the physical therapy. You have to put on those robot legs or whatever they give to you, and you need to work at it. That is the only way out. It doesn't mean that what happened to you was not a tragedy. It means that what happened to you happened, but for you to move on, you must do that yourself. And I think that's why people really how do i put this they root for that you know when i see on tv when i when i watch it a commercial with veterans that are that are walking their ki- with their kids in the park with these robot legs on i i want to cheer for them not because i feel sorry for them it, but because they have overcome their limitations they chose to pick the route of picking themselves up by their bootstraps and dealing with that issue the best way that they can. Those are the people that we root for, and we are inspired by that. We're inspired by the guy in the wheelchair who anybody else might have said, okay, well, my life is over, or I'm just going to you know, ride it out from here, and they do great things that no one would have expected, and they're overcoming their limitations. These are the things that that people are in control of And can change. You have to move the mindset from victim to victor, right? Achieve victory, work on yourself. And so this is why I get so upset when I hear about people that consider themselves victims in addiction and why that disease model does not resonate with me because it tends to put people into that victim mindset. It's not my fault i'm the victim of a disease and there was even one lady that i remember early on in my career who actually had a real story that you could you could argue that it wasn't her fault that she became addicted and i'll explain cuz most people think well no one put that first you know pipe to your mouth you did that yourself this lady as a teenager was actually held down forcibly and injected with heroin in order to make her addicted. Awful, right? Tragic. That should never happen to anybody. It's horrible. That person who did that to her I'd you know throw him in the wood chipper. But it happened. However, she kept using that as her excuse as to why she would go back on drugs. And she would get clean and go back and get clean and go back and get clean and go back. She kept saying, it's not my fault. I didn't do this. And I would tell her, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it happened, how it started. You have to choose your decisions from this point forward. You have to choose the way that you're going to live. You can't keep using this as an excuse. And she just never could get over it. And she ended up dying. She never got got over it. And so it's, it's a mindset that people have to overcome. And this is not just with addiction. This can apply anywhere, but it absolutely applies with addiction. When you resonate with being a victim, you expect people to take care of you instead of you taking care of yourself. And people may think, oh, well, this is going to be nice. If I can really play it up, how bad it was, the bad, how bad the story was then I can, you know, be taken care of. And then everything will be good. Life will be good because I don't have to do anything. I just get money. You you see this happen in the courts all the time, right? You got the ambulance chasing attorney who says, you know, well, your honor, my, my client is, can't live a, another day of a normal life again because of this accident or whatever. And I know every situation is different. And perhaps the, you know, reason why they're, they're in court is a valid reason. It, you know, you never, you never know. I'm not, Anyway, I'm not saying people who who seek damages for something that was done to them are wrong. But what I'm saying is, is that this, uh, this idea of victimhood is very pervasive in our culture. In fact, it's being used, and it has been being used for a long, long, long time, longer than I've been alive, as a tool politically to help control people. You know, typically, poorer people will be sold a bill of goods by a slick politician, again, both sides, both sides of the aisle, not, not picking a political side, but they will be sold a bill of goods that, Hey, you guys have been victimized and I'm here to help save you. I'm here to represent you. I'm going to help you because you can't help yourselves. And these people say, great. All right. I'll take more handouts. I'll take more money. I'll take more, whatever you got to give me. Sure. Great. You got my vote. What else? What's the other guy going to do? But the problem is, is that if they're not helping themselves, the way to really help someone is to help themselves, isn't it? There's that whole idea of, of give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish, he'll eat his entire life. I mean, that's really what life is about. And if you want to help an individual person addicted to drugs, or you're trying to help a community, you need to help them help themselves so that they don't need you but some people don't like that. They want that control. They want to be able to dominate people. They want them to be reliant on them. And I'm telling you that if you want your loved one to become the victor, not the victim, they need to realize that it's up to them. They need to know all the things possible to help themselves because nobody can do it for them, especially with addiction and families know this who've been through this with their loved ones it's not it's not like the family could have loved their them harder or more it was the person that person had to love themselves and had to do it for themselves i've seen one one person comes to mind oh man this one really hurt because everyone everyone was pulling for this guy and he was a he was an alcoholic man and he had a family and the whole community rallied around his employer, said, hey, we care about you. You got a family. We're going to give you the time off. Don't worry about it. Your job is safe. And you just take care of yourself. Do what you got to do. And he went through the program. And he seemed to do a good job, but something something must have been within him. He wasn't really letting go or accepting or or what. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I can't think inside his head. I can't. I can't look in there. But he did the first program. And the whole community was, you know, rallied around him. His, his employer was there. His, his, his kids were there, his parents, uh, you know, all these people were there, the staff, the clients, everybody loved him and, you know, cheered for him as he got a certificate. And, and he was up there giving a speech about how grateful he was and how happy he was to be in touch with his family again and all these different things. And he was going to repair these relationships. And, uh, and then, you know, he left the program and, and not long after that, he came back. Uh, I think it was within a couple of months and we we're like, wow, he, he, he had done so well. He had so much support. He had all these people behind him, like what happened? So we, we, we bring him back and we, and we work on helping him and, and he, and he did the program again and, and in a different way because he, we, we hit it from a different angles and, and really kind of dug in there to everything we thought we could, we could see and same type thing. Another, uh, another great speech. Hey, his, his, family came back. His daughter spoke and said, Hey, we, we thought you got it the first time, but hopefully you got it this time and we're here for you. We love you. We want our dad. That's all we need. All you got to do is just be here for us. And, and, you know, he said, yeah, I'll, I, I will. I'm, I'm here now and this and that. And he, and he got out of program and he, and he was dead like within a month or two, something like that. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was not long after that. And we were all just shocked because, you know, you put your work into somebody and you care about them and you see the support they have and you see all these things that they have going for them that's positive that most clients wish they had. They wish they had a boss who said, I got, I'll hold your job for you while you go spend as much time as you need taking care of you. You got children saying, dad, I love you. I just want you to get better. You know, it doesn't matter what it takes. You have a, 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 a wife who's saying, I'll stand by your side while you deal with this issue. You had all the support. But within himself, there was something there that none of us could, could find. None of us could uncover that stone. And, you know, I hate to say this because it's, you know, you could, you could consider, well, Elevate failed for this guy. Well, yeah, it did. You know, unfortunately it did. It doesn't work for everybody. N- no program works for everybody. And I'm being vulnerable here by sharing this story with you, but it, it, it just really reminded me that, uh, it's gotta be up to the individual themselves. They have to really believe it in their heart and soul and not just words but really know that they have to do what it takes, not being a victim, but become the victor. And they have to move in their mind, in their heart, in their soul from one state to another. Because if you're a victim, you're, help- you're by definition, you're essentially helpless. Something happened to you of which you can do nothing about. So I'm really a huge prop- proponent of this being essential. helping an addicted person overcome things. It doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter if you were given heroin when you were 15 years old against your will. That's terrible. That's horrible. But that telling that story over and over and getting people to feel sorry for you is not the way out. You can tell that story. You can use it as motivation, but you have to take the actions to overcome them yourselves. It's not dwelling in the victimhood. It's overcoming it. The story is the story of someone who overcome that. So that's why I don't like the disease model. It makes people feel like victims. It makes people feel like it's not their fault. There's nothing they can do about it. That's my personal opinion, but I think that the story of the victimhood should resonate with people, regardless of their attitude about addiction treatment.